from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. hand back as if scalded. He listened tensely in the darkness. No sound, no breathing. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Hunter. I'm joined by you. Hello. This is For Christ's Sake, the uh, greatest podcast that's ever been recorded by man, but not by women. And, uh, you know, each week we dissect a chapter or a piece of work by the greatest uh, artist of all time, Michael Crichton. Um, we're joined as we always are by our signature drinks and snacks. I've got a Vodka Sunrise and a nice big bag of Sun Chips, befitting the sunny theme of the novel we're talking about this week, which is, of course, uh, Easy Go, his third novel, and his also his third novel pu- uh, published under the nom de guerre, uh, John Lang. What do you got uh, got brewing in your tummy this, this week? Uh, I got a cup of tea and uh, some toast. Um, now, the toast was circa last episode, and the episode... Prior to that, um, erected into the shape of a full pyramid. Um, but because I have to uh, consume at least a wall's worth every episode, um, there's now only two two walls remaining. So it's kind of like a tent, more so than a pyramid. A tent that's open at the front. Hmm. But, you know, they stay in tents when they're doing the excavation. So I think that's also thematically appropriate. Hmm. In fact, they don't even come into contact with the pyramid at any point in this book. So, more thematically, I mean, there's not a pyramid. Yeah. Well, they, they, it opens in in in, uh, in Gaza, right? They're not Gaza. Yeah, we see the pyramids. Um, it is described. Well, no, at one no, point, no. But it's, it's not really a central he, he, no, part no. of the book. It's not a central part of the book, but at the, at the beginning, uh, uh, what's his name? Barnaby is scaling a pyramid. That's true. That's, That's the true. first chapter. So shut up! Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have asked you a trivia question about that. <laughs> well, um, all right, so we're, we've left our protagonist, our main guy here, Pierce, um, trapped in a room. His oxygen's running out, his water is not there, and his food is non-existent. And what's he going to do? He's going to wait around until his friends uh, rescue him, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, do they do that? <laughs> yeah, they do. So yeah, basically Pierce is, uh, there's like some time killing where he just like hangs out and thinks of thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, eventually he passes out. Uh, he wakes up, his watch stops working. I don't really know why. Runs out of batteries. <laughs> ah, well, uh, that seems a little convenient. <laughs> so watch, watches typically last a really long time. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a watch before. Well, I guess I had one or two. You don't think you've ever had a watch before? Wow. Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple. I take it back. I never had a waterproof one for some reason. I guess you're I, more, I took it on more like, of the mobile phone generation than I am. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so he counts his breath. He passes out again. And then we cut away from him back to our lads and uh, at, the, at that base camp. And uh, Barnaby has returned from Cairo. And uh, so they sort of set up a plan to uh, go save Pyrrhus and end this uh, time-wasting uh, <laughs> part of this book. <laughs> and uh, what did they do to, to get him free, Hugh? Uh, they use a jack from the um, Land Rover. Mm, but the, I thought the jack wouldn't be able to fit into the, you know, underneath the rockets, like airtight. Well, it wouldn't, um, which is why um, Conway uh, jams some rocks under it. To prop it up. Why would he do that? This doesn't seem like a sensible thing to do. What what sort of inspires him to, to think about this? Um, he remembers uh, the Easter Island statues, and uh, apparently that's how they um, raised them back in the mm. day. Interesting. So, yeah, they jam some rocks under there, they lift the rock up, and uh, <laughs> uh, they save Piers. So, you know what I realized this last time we didn't even talk about the, the human calf that Pierce is grabbing. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the last chapter, um, you know, Pierce is like measuring the room. It's complete darkness. So he's like using his shirt and stuff to make sure he doesn't mm. uh, get lost or come into any danger. Um, and then he, but then he decides to like venture out into the middle of the room at the end. And he reaches forward with his hand and he grabs a human calf. And that's like the shocking end point of that chapter. It's like, what? Is there a, a person a weird, there? It's a weird conclusion. And then it turns out to be a statue, a wooden statue. Yeah, which is, it's a weird way to describe it. Because I feel like the human calf is not like identifiable by touch unless it's like, you know, feels like skin, right? I'd just be like, oh, I'm touching a piece of wood. Like I wouldn't be like, oh. Well, feel, yeah, I think the dominant, I think you'd feel the texture first. Like straight away you'd go, I'm touching a wooden beam or something, right? Maybe if you touch like a hand or the toes, you'd, you'd make that mistake. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you'd immediately say human calf. I think you'd think wooden beam. <laughs> I mean, especially if it's, if it's, if it's human, like, like, we'd be like, oh, a calf, but it feels like it's, you know, made of wood, which does not feel like skin. So a little bit of strange just on Pierce's behalf, but, you know. I mean, it was just, it was just Michael Crichton trying to gussy up the suspense at the end of the chapter. Oh, he fucking failed. It worked on us. We were pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were pretty excited. Yeah, I was, I was very erect. Um, so, yeah, he's fine. Uh, we've got to say that Lisa comes to and they start making out as soon as he's saved. Yeah. Yeah, their, their tension finally, uh, you know, results in a little bit of uh, the old, uh, you know, XL, XL. And that's the end of the chapter, and, yeah. Uh, they find him. No, no, they, there's, there's, there's the tomb. They found all this stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit in there. Yeah, there's like statues of the Egyptian gods and there's chests and gold. stuff like that. Clay yeah. urns. Yeah, that's the, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right, uh, you ready for the uh, Critus right? Thank you.
monster at this time because he started last time? Wow, this is a really shitty question. Why on earth did I choose this? Alright. <laughs> what material is the statue Pierce finds made of? <laughs> Wood. Wow, I wish I had never brought up the fact that he, <laughs> he did that. Well, I, mean, I guess it probably wouldn't have mattered. I would have known that, yeah. Why, why did I write something so stupid? Okay, whatever. Alright. Your turn. Uh, what was the name of the uh, NASA physiologist that Pierce interviewed? Uh, the name is McKiernan. <laughs> Correct. I'm assuming that's your right. next question. <laughs> uh, it is not. But my next question is, Pierce has a flashback to interviewing a fellow named McKiernan. Can you tell me what his, who was his employer? NASA. <laughs> Correct. Thank <laughs> 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 your question. Okay. Uh, at one point, Pierce passes the time by uh, counting his breaths. How many breaths does he reach before he gives up? Oh my god. Uh, it's, it's like 17,000, no, 1700 something. Pretty close. 1,760, uh, 1, 1, I, I don't know. Well, fitting the segment, I can, gi I can give a couple of higher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give uh, you like three chances. <laughs> hey, so higher than 60, 1760. Yes. Uh, 17, uh, 85. Higher. Okay. Uh, 17, 90, um, 93. Nah, he's blowing it. <laughs> God damn it. 1791. I'm not going to go home with my new refrigerator. No, you don't. No, that's too bad. Man, I'm going to be sucking down those two shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, my last question is, what does what time does Pyrrhus' watch stop at? Oh, that's a good question. That was one of the the, the extra questions I wrote <laughs> to avoid crossover. Oh, that's good. You're never going to remember it now. <laughs> um, it's definitely not something I committed to memory. Um, but I remember, th obviously, the first time he looked at, looked at his watch, it was 3.15, because we both asked that question. <laughs> I believe it goes into the next hour, so I'm going to say, like, 4.50. I can't remember. Hmm. Uh, you know, in the spirit of generosity and goodwill, uh, I'll, I'll extend to you the same uh, courtesy <laughs> that you did me. Higher! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Four fifty-five. Higher. Wow. Okay. Maybe it's crossover to the hour. Five thirty-five. Okay. This is this is your last one coming up. Higher. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, five fifty-five. Nope. The correct answer is eight twelve. Oh, I forgot it went that high. <laughs> you're you're way off. Yeah. All right, wow, I'm, I'm uh, making some points up. <laughs> All right, my last question for you. Mm -hmm. On the wall in the chamber, mm -hmm. there is a picture showing the pharaoh being embraced by a god with the head of a hawk. Uh -huh. Which god is uh -huh. this? Horus. He did it. Yes. I thought about asking that question, but didn't. It's a pretty softball question. Well, it's a pretty hard chapter to write questions up. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, let's, uh, that's it. That's all we got. Thanks, thanks for listening, uh, friends and benefactors. Bye. Goodbye.